and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 9, Episode 36. I'm Jack. I'm AST. I'm Javad. And today we're going to do Tottenham Hotspur, The Draft. So, ASD, I'm going to hand over to you if you want to quickly explain how this is going to work and then we're going to get straight into it. This was a brilliant idea I had. I'm, I'm going to take full credit for this because this is brilliant. <laughs> what we're going to do is we've rolled um, uh, we rolled three dice and the highest number one. So Jack's going to go first, then me, then Jav. And what we're going to do is we're each going to pick a squad number from Spurs. So... Jack's going first, so he might pick number two. Now, none of us can have number two. We can have the same players. So Kane, for example, was 10 and 37. But whoever gets 37 Kane will get the first two years of his, his career with us, which is good, but it's not as good as number 10, Harry Kane. So there's lots of tactics and strategy because I'm sure we've all got the numbers that we want, but that will get ruined. And we have to try and fill in gaps. And then it, by the end, we will get desperate for players and we will have crazy formation. So this this could go anyway. Um, but that's it. So we're trying to make... It's going to be good. It's going to be good. <laughs> so Jack, can you kick us off? I will read out the uh, any players that are, that are going with the numbers. I've got a guess of what number you're going with, but can you give us your first number? Yeah, the first number I'm going to go with is number 11. What? I did not guess that. Number 11. Fine, so number 11. So, I mean, obviously, Eric Lamella. <laughs> Dalmat, Rebrov, Corsten. But you also had Bale, Van der Vaart. You know, you've got Michael Brown in there giving you a bit of... You've got Garth Crooks. I mean, Mickey Hazard is in every single <laughs> number. Ricky Villa played in there for two years. There's a lot of players. Cliff Jones as well for three years. So you've done well. The number it's not a bad number to take, first and foremost. Not bad. I'm going to go with number 10 then. So, I mean, in I've got Van der Vaart, I've got Hoddle, I've got Kane, I've got Keane. I, th- I think I've done pretty well. Not bad. Av? I'm going to, well, I'm going to work my way backwards. I'll, 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 I'll start with goalkeeper, um, which might be a bad idea given that you've both gone for 10 and 11. Um, I will go with number one, Larice. Number one. So, yeah, so you've got Hugo, you've got Robbo, you've got Gomez. Um, well, you've got all the keepers, basically. There's no one who isn't a keeper who hasn't played. Number one. Good job. Okay, so that was the first round. Uh, how do you feel about if so far, Jack? Surprised? Well, I've, I've, got, I've taken the best player Spurs have had in the Premier League, so... I'm okay. the first with the first round. <laughs> Fine. Okay. <laughs> right, Jack, if you could go second, please, for your second player. My second player, I'm gonna oh, or the squad, the squad yeah. number I'm gonna take, sorry, is number fourteen. Modric and Ginola. Big. Not bad. Big. I'm gonna go for number seven then. Because I think it's pretty versatile. So I've got Sun. Paul Stalteri. Paul Stalteri. I've also got Simon Davis in there. In the case I need backup central midfield, I've got Sun, Lennon, Anderton. Anderton. What a player. Player. I'm pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good with that. Jav, who is going to play in front of your goalkeeper? Um, I'm. I'm slightly worried. I'm going to run out of forward player. So I'm going to. I'm going <laughs> to choose a striker. I'm going to go number eighteen. Number eighteen. Klinsman. Klinsman. Whereas 18 is high on my list. So you've also got Lo Celso, Lorente, Defoe as well. You don't have to choose the player now. That's a strong number. 
I think Kane That's as well right. at one point had that number. Uh, yeah. Very true, very true, very true. So, so far, Jav, you've got number one, number 18. Jack, you've got number 11, number 14. So you've got got a lot of options now, mate. Where are you going to go for number three? Uh, the next number I'm going to go for is number four. Ah, you're going in the defence. So you've got Toby, Kabul, Freund, Roberts in there. That's decent. Didier Zakora. Oh, yeah, obviously. Um, I might... I might surprise you here. I'm going to go number five yeah. with Vertonghen. Campbell's in there. I know the feeling on, but if we're just taking him when he was at Tottenham, you've got, but what you've also got with number five is you've got Palacios, you've got Bentley and Naeem as well. So I've got a bit of flexibility there as well. Bad. We all know the one you're going to pick from that list though. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Saying it as if those players are on the same calibre as Vertonghen. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Jav, mate. Um, I will go with number six, Gary Mabbott. Gary Mabbott, but you've also got Sanchez, Kirikes, Huddleston, Bentaleb as well. That's a good one. Decent. Okay. Wait, there, wait there. Let me let me mark it up. What number was that? That was number six. six cool. Yeah. I am going to go number nineteen. Nineteen. So. This was this was one of my secret ones. Sessegnon and Dembele and Tarapt, I think, is. Uh... Well, I wonder who I'm going to pick from those three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking, mate. By the end of this, flexibility is going to be absolutely you know what? key. Looking at Spurs' squad numbers over the years, you can see the progression, though, can't you? Because yeah. been more than about six years ago, it's horrific. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, with that in mind, I'm going to go number two. Get my left. Get my right back in because I've got. <laughs> Trippier, Walker, Hutton, but I've also got Fazio, I've got Carr, I've got Chimbonda, and I've got Dempsey as well. It's actually a very flexible number. Uh, number the, the right back position was the, what I was saying before we start recording about there's not a lot of depth. No, it's awful. You're going to have to go. I mean, you've got, yeah, four. <laughs> yes. I mean, Toby could play and right seven, back. And maybe. seven's gone. I can't even have Salteri. <laughs> <laughs> Jav, mate, what are you going for? Uh, torn between right i'm gonna go with this is where it's the choice starts to diminish um i will go with 26 Bradley king Damn it. <laughs> king and mabbit i think that's a good good pairing right then jack i am going to go number nine ah berber celez one of those two les ferdinand was such a brilliant striker he really was but he's probably going to be Berbatov. Do you know what? I'm going to go for number 20 because you've either got Dawson or you've got Delhi. Oh, 20 was one I was hoping people were going to sort of forget about. Yeah, I've got one more. I've got a good one of those, which I'm, I'm hoping no one goes for. Right, Jav? Um, I'm going for 28, Walker, Carl Walker. Oh, old school. And also Ndombele. Uh, and Genus, I believe, possibly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, try- I'm trying to think which season did Walker wear the 28. Was it his break break? I can tell breakout you. Breakout season. Yeah, 2011-12. He had 28 when he scored that long range goal against Arsenal. Can I give you the history of 28 as we're here? Please. So when Don Bellet's been wearing it, and then before him it was Tom Carroll's number from 13 to 17. Tom Carroll wore it from 2009 to 2013, and Boateng, Hutton, Lee Bernard, JJ, Hetherington. Not a bad, not a bad little selection there. 
Right, it's my turn, isn't it now? Yeah. I am going to go. Where do I need a player? I need somebody there. I'm going to take. I might take a bit of a risk on this one. Oh. I'm going to go. Twenty-two. No way. That was my. That's Chorluka, Gilfie, and Chadley. And Huddleston. And Huddleston. That is my. You've made my next choice very easy. That was a very, very good one. I needed that for balance. Yeah. Well done, Jack. You're a bit like me. <laughs> Do you know what I'm going to go for? I'm going to go for number 12. Because not only have I got Kirikes, but I've got Wanyama. I've got Palacios. But I've also got Adiaz and Jones. As in Cliff Jones running down the wing. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. I need to stop buying Right then, Jeff, what are you right. going for? 33. Ooh, left back, Davis. Yes, Davis. And there was one more, wasn't there? Kulka. <laughs> um, I think in his second spell with us, Klinsman wore the 33 as well. Uh, some, of, yeah. some of the players have worn that previously. Brian Nelson as well. Yeah. So you got, you got the Nelson card. Jack, what was the last one that you just took? I took 22. 22. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Okay. Right. Jack, it's your go again. I'm going to go. Need somebody to play on that right hand side. I'm going to pick 27. Vimmer Mora. Vimmer on the wing. He would be up there in my slowest. Yeah, more at centre half. <laughs> I'm going to go 21. And the reason I'm going to go 21 is I've got a goalkeeper in there, Gazaniga, but I've also got Foyt, Fazio, Cranchar, and Chadley. And I think that actually covers an awful lot of bases. Yeah. 23. Oh, that is the good That's one, it. isn't it? That's Ericsson and Bergvine. Right there. <laughs> You've also got Lewis Holtby, Carlo Cudicini. Actually, that's a really good one. Boateng, Ben Carrick, Carrick yeah. Ziga, Campbell. Most of his career. That's a really, really good one, mate. Right, right then. I'm gonna go mm. thirty-nine. What? I haven't even written that one down. Good choice. Tanganga. Is it actually for Tanganga or Woodgate? Okay. Both. Woodgate. I didn't even, I shouldn't. Pause. 39. Depending on what formation I end up with, Tanganga might end up being played at fullback. I'm going to go number three because I need left backs. Yeah. So I've got Rose and Bale, frankly. Jav. Um, I'm going to have a striker problem shortly, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll jump off that bridge when I come to it. Um, I think, mate, I, I, think... Could, I could play Gary Doherty, I suppose. <laughs> there's, um... there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a one, there's one number which will give you a couple of midfielders and a striker, which I can. Yeah, I'm just, I'm looking. And You've got Lorente and Defoe. And number 18. Yeah, well, I still I still need another number, another number, surely, other than, than an eighteen. Oh, you go in two strikers. Yeah, unless I pack midfield. Um, right. I mean, I'll 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 stick another mid- midfield 
are in there, and I will go with number eight. Number eight. Harry Winks. Is this all I wrote down? Harry Winks. Winks. Mason, Paulinho, Parker, JJ, Murphy, Mendes, Bastiga, Sherwood, Saib, and then goes on. Hoddle played there. Steve Perriman played there. Greaves played there. Decent. And they might be down in there. I'm going to go 15. 15. Damn. Yeah, that was the number. Crouch, Sahar, Diamel, Bronk. All over. They've got players all over the pitch there. Yeah, that is decent. Let me work out what I need. Right, I've got a goalkeeper. got a left back, right back. I just need some decent midfielders, I think. Oh, there's not many left. Okay, I'm going to go for... Right there. I'm going to go for either 30 or I'm going to, I'm going to go for 17 which gives me Sissoko and Townsend and Dos Santos if 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 I get to that stage. Santos. <laughs> Mate, he's buying and get one free cuz you get his brother too. So thinking outside the box. Jeff. Um 20 Five. Again, one I haven't even written down. So and for 25, you get Josh Onoma, Stambouli, Larice for two years, Adebayor, Danny Rose, Jermaine Defoe, Aaron Lennon, Zamora, Jamie Slabber. I mean, I'm going to have to look up. I'm going to show you migrants here. Stephen Clement, Stephen Carr, John Hendry. Uh, so Jamie Slabber started off with us, missed a year, went to Swindon Town, then Gray's Athletic, Chelmsford, and Sutton. Mid 90s? 0203. Okay, more recent than I thought. Yeah, he was with us. He's 35. Right then, Jack, I think we've got two more each. I'm going 32. Benny, left back. I'm going to go for mm, 30. Backup goalkeeper in case I want to swap my goalkeeper in. Paolo Lopez, but also Sandro. My rock. Not Dorian DeVette. <laughs> right then, Jab, what are you going for? Um, but I, I was struggling with strikers earlier. Um, yeah. So 37 came. 37, yeah. I think that's the only one left. Right, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Right, I think it's one more. One more. I'm going to go 24. So, 24 is Brad Friedel, Serge Aurier. Mr. Reliable in goal. Yeah, it's good. I'm going to have to go for 13 for Vaughan and Gallas. Mm. Mm, yeah. Okay. So, I, I put together a list of what well, I did. I went through um, all the numbers and put players 
against each number. So this, this is, seeing as this is the last pick, so I can read a few out. So for 31 and 34, I've just put not clickable because I couldn't, find, couldn't think of any decent players. Um, we've got 35, Nicola Berti, 38, Ryan Mason. That's interesting. That's a, yeah. one of those. I've got 42, Bent Lab. This is an interesting one. 77, Winks. Um, 70, that's not even down on my website, Musing. I've got been like a youth team. Yeah. And he might have yeah. you know, got on a bench or something. And do you know also who had a who had the number seventy seven? Although he never played for us, but he did train a bit. David Beckham. You're yeah. not and having then, that. No, I'm not going to have that. <laughs> and, then we've, and then we've got we've got Simon, we've got twenty nine, which is Simon Davis and Winks. So I'll, I'll go with twenty nine. And Oliver Skip, Etienne Capou, Livermore yeah. played under that name. You know, decent. Yeah. Etienne Capou. I mean, the website I'm using as. I think they, you know, if they do pre-season, it includes them based on that he, number he as well. Did, he did wear that Capu, didn't he? I, I honestly think Capu is one of the most unluckiest Spurs players because I, I still think he's half decent. It's just injuries so, with him and timing. What was that number? <laughs> I, Twenty-nine. There are certain players. Capu is one of them. Stambouli is another that I've just, I've just erased from my memory. Stambouli. God, he had lead in his And boot. it's not, it's not because they're back. You know, they are. We've had bad players before, or players who, who've not reached the heights that we want them. But there are certain players that have just been so obscure that uh, we're just having worked. Vlad Chiriches is another one. Completely I hated forget. Him. Hated him, Vlad Chiriches. He, he, he would have been a brilliant attacking midfielder. Who the hell put him at centre-half? Madness. The, the one that I'm surprised hasn't gone is 16 with Trippier, Carl Walker-Peters and Norton. Oh. Yeah. So, Jav, I haven't got all your numbers down. So I've got 10, right. 7, 5, 2, 20, 12, 3, 13, 17, 21. Jack, I can see you've got 11, 22, 14, 19, 4, 26, 9, 15, 24, 27, 32, 39. I, I don't have 26. I have 27. Oh, sorry. Yeah. 27. Yeah, so that's Jav. Sorry, mate. Oh, I've got, got 1, 28, 6. 26, 33, 25, 23, 8, 29, 18, 37. Right. Let's take a minute and make a team. I've got I've got my side sorted. I've just really had to shoehorn someone in at right back that is not a right back. Oh, can you let's t- talk us through it then? Right. So I've gone old school 442. Yeah. With my side. So, goalkeeper was where I put number 24. So, that was, of course, Brad Friedel. Then my back four. So, left back, number 32, was Asui Koto. Yeah. Centre halves, 39, Jonathan Woodgate. And number four, Toby Alderweireld. Then the right back, he did play a few games there. And you might forget that he got called up for England in this position, but decided to not go. 15, Eric Dyer at right back. Yeah. A dodgy one. Then my midfield four. Right-hand side of midfield, 27, Lucas Mora. Left-hand side, number 11, Gareth Bale. Central midfield, number 14, Luka Modric. Number 19, Moussa Dembele. And then my two strikers, number nine, Dimitar Berbatov. And number 22, Robbie Keane. Decent. So I've got the strike partnership there, which was brilliant. 
probably our best two midfielders that have played for us in the Premier League and our best player on the left. So I'm, I'm quite happy with that. I wish that I'd have noticed the 16 and I would have had Trippier yeah. instead of Dyer. But can't have it all. Joe, have you got a team or do you want me to look no, through I've got so Lloris and Goal. Um, the, the, the back line looks and goalkeeper looks decent. So Lloris and Goal, Walker at right back, Ben Davis at left back, 28 and 33 respectively. And then centre of the defence, you've got Ledley King at 26 and Gary Mabbott at 6. Arguably best two. Well, there's obviously the Belgium lads as well, but those two are probably the top two defenders we've had in the Premier League era. Um, Two good captains. Um, Probably gets a little bit weaker than in front of that. So you've got 25, Lennon, um, Ericsson, 24. When I say weaker, maybe he doesn't quite have the balance. So 25, Lennon, um, 23, Ericsson, 29, Winks, and then number eight, Parker. But there's no, there's no left. If we're, if we're going 4 4 2, that's a little bit yeah. lob, lopsided. And then Klinsman and Kane up front, 18 and 37. Decent. Front the front two might just get you out of trouble in that side. Yeah. Right, I think I've won this. I'm not going to lie. So I've got Vorm at the back, which not a great start. It was solid though. I think. I think it was all right. Mm. I think it was all. Mm. <laughs> You're not having that. Left back, I got Danny Rose. At his time, one yeah. of the best in the country. I've got Dawson and Batongan. Sorry, so I've got 13 Vorm, I've got three rows, and I've got 20 and five Dawson and Vertonghen. Uh, right back, I've got Carl Walker at number two. Yeah. I'm um, playing a 4 2 3 1, so you know it's my favourite. And so I've got Sissoko and Sandro at 17 and 30. That's, so That's decent. And they're going to stop that's everything. A, that's a pass completion rate of about 5%. Mate, Sandro just breaking everything up, just let just play it. his own ankles. <laughs> yeah. That could actually, that could work. I could see that. I think it, it if, works. If, if it's Pete Sandro and he's just yeah. sat there breaking it all up, exactly. And he's got the discipline to do that, and then Sissoko would just break forward. Exactly. I think, I think that's the central midfield pairing that might keep you in the Premier League. Well, I th- I think we're breaking it up. I think that's just like that's just effectively the Fernandinho and Busquets of of Premier League football if if they played together. <laughs> uh, and then my front four. Are where I just batter everything. So obviously my strikers Kane and my front three of Sun, either Ideas or Jones at number twelve and Cranchar. I'm taking that all day long. Not having I, it. I, I, honestly, I think that my my back, my right back's a bit. Your right back, my right back is better than your whole team. My, my right back's a bit of a problem, but my midfield and Berbatov and Keane up top. What a partnership! Mora, Dembele, Modric, Bale. It's all right. That is Dembele, Dembele, Modric, Bale. Mora, I mean, no one knows where he plays. Modric and Bale were, were okay. Bale's selfish. <laughs> you don't know where he plays. Where's Bale? Where's Bale going to be when you've got two strikers? You can't play two. You can't play one striker with Bale. Bale is just literally going to be picking the ball up, running straight past Sissoko and Sandro, bending in the top corner, <laughs> <laughs> past Vorm who's diving the wrong way. <laughs> 
I think you're being harsh. I think it's, we've had some good teams. I actually think that they're three sides that are quite decent, like all of them. I thought one of us might have ended up with a horrific team. Yeah. And I'll be honest, Javid, I was worried for you when you went for your goalkeeper to start with. I really was. But that front two has probably got you out of trouble. I had. Uh, I looked at it at the beginning. I, I assumed you would both start with goalkeeper. I assumed somebody would get one. Huh. And... and the other options were 24 Friedel or 25 Hugo. But after after you made your selections elsewhere, I thought, well, that's it. I'm going to take, I'm going to take one. So yeah, I was annoyed about that number 16, though. Because if I have had that, I would have yeah. obviously put Trippier in for Dyer and then I'd have a natural right back there. And then that is the most balanced side you can get. I'd, I got five out of my top nine picks. Like, seriously. I thought you would go for 10 straight away. Van der Vaart, Hoddle, Kane and Keane. Uh, because I, I knew... It might, Bale's the best player to play with in the Premier League, and it's like that. If he's in that team, as he proved when AVB was the manager, you can you can be decent just with him in it. You don't yeah, yeah. actually have nobody else and just Bale, and you'd be you'd be pretty good. So that was my logic with that. Yeah, fair. Okay, that's worked out. That was good fun, though. I enjoyed that's it. Good fun, right? I think that's worked out really, really well. Really uh, good. We haven't prepped anything else, but can can I talk about the FA Cup? Because yeah. we, 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 we talk about how we're a cup team. We talk about the FA Cup is so important to us. And it, it doesn't seem as important to other teams. You know, Arsenal have won it a few fair few times in recent years, but they don't seem to really care that much. But I really care. But we've been awful in the FA Cup in for a long time. And yeah. I, I just don't know why. Well, I was brought up with the FA Cup being a massive tradition. Um, my dad supported us for a number of years and saw us, you know, win it in back-to-back years, which is amazing. In my lifetime, I've never seen this in an FA Cup final. Like that's how bad we have been. Yeah, like, it, that is just such a horrific record. Um, obviously, the record we've got in the semi-finals is what mm. is that's that's the killer. Um, and you know, I, I still think that we had opportunities, especially with Poch. The Man United semi-finals, the one that I always look back on and think that's one that one that we we should have won that game. We went one nil up. We were battering them, and it felt like that was the game. Um, but you know what? It wasn't to be. And you just you just hope at some point we do see. You know, we always say football works in cycles, right? So you do hope at some point that trophy cycle comes back and we get to experience it. But you know, you mentioned Arsenal there. I haven't realised how much in recent years they have won it. Yeah, you know, like people say this, you, you know, Arsenal have had such a horrific last ten years, but they've still won quite a few trophies. That's the thing. We haven't won this in a long time. We haven't won anything in a long time, and it, we need to win something very soon. Mm. So, like, it's it's bad, really. So let's have a look. So, City won it. Chelsea, Arsenal, United, Arsenal, Arsenal. You know, they've won it three times. Wigan. It's a Wigan. tough. Yeah, Chelsea. Win. You know, it's like because all of the, 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 you read through the winners there, there aren't many sides outside of the like traditional top six that win it. So it's not yeah. as if it's a competition that's taken lightly. You know, me and Stato were talking about the League Cup the other week. That's very similar. People say, oh, why don't we go all out for the League Cup? But like the big boys are the, are the teams that win most of the trophies. It's not as if there is one that is really, really weak and easy to win. Um, so it's not an easy competition for us to do. We've got a manager now that, that, literally defines winning so we've got a great opportunity in the in the years coming up to get some kind of silverware in 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 the cabinet which is the most embarrassing 
records for us this season in, to, in, in the League Cup. Uh, was it the League Cup where we went out to Colchester United? Because that was horrendous. Or was it the was it 7-2 against Bayern? They're my oh, two. For me, the Brighton game was worse. It was the worst thing. That was awful. For the premium. Yeah. Do you know why? I mean, the, Worse than those two? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, the, the we went out to Norwich in the FA Cup on penalties. Disappointing. Awful, we went out to Colchester with a, you know, with a team of, it was a bit of, It'd be interesting to bring up bring bring the eleven that started. I can't remember it off the top of my head. There were some regulars, but there were other players who you know weren't. weren't Troy Parrott played, didn't he? Troy Parrott played, but it, you know it, it was one of those where you put there were some regulars in there. There were some players who weren't regulars. It wasn't. It was a, it was a, like a mismatch of players. So that's always that's not going to always bear well for you. I mean, I'm not making excuses, although it sounds like I am. And it's a cup tie. It went to penalties. We, we didn't get the result that we needed in extra time. They beat us on penalties. That happens. The the thing with the Munich one was, I don't think, I think the scoreline flattered, not flattered them, because they played really well and their finishing was clinical, but I didn't feel there was that much of a gulf between the two sides. Mm. And I thought, I think, was it 2-1 at half-time they were leading? Yeah. We, yeah. we were much closer at that point. And then it was one of those where when they scored... Another one, and then you know, clinical finishing. Suddenly, the floodgates opened, and, and our heads went down. The, the the significance of the Brighton game is it was immediately after. It was on the Saturday after that seven-one. So I'm thinking, you know, it's not going to get any worse than than seven-one uh, 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 hammering by by uh, Bayern at home. That players are going to respond. And that's what that's what I really fully expected, and they didn't. And it was toothless. It was awful. It, it, it was just, yeah. Didn't Loris like chuck one in and broke his arm in the first few minutes? Right at the beginning, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Just absolutely horrific. There's been some bad moments this season. Um, yeah. But I think that you have to take them all at the level that they are. And I think Javad made a really good point there about that buying game. And at half time at 2-1 down, I, I was thinking we should be two or three nil up. I couldn't believe we were, yeah. we had so many chances in that first half, and we just didn't take them. And then, like you say, Bayern came out and just went bang and scored a couple of goals. And I think yeah. we were four one down after fifty minutes. Come back to four two again because we got that penalty. And when it when it when it goes five two, that's when as a fan you just think right, just take the loss yeah, now. Yeah. Just you know we've been beaten. Let's not get humiliated. But I think that was. Ultimately, the type of manager that Pochettino was right, he would never just he would never give in. Mm. And at five two, was probably thinking right, if I can get the next goal, then there's an opportunity for us to get back in the game. Not thinking they've murdered us. Let's just. I'm alright with that. I'm alright with that. You know, it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because in hindsight, you're like, we should have just you know parked the bus and and gone down five two. But then you think back to all those games over the years where we've come back from nowhere, and you think we're dead and buried, and then all of a sudden you get back. So it's like hindsight's a wonderful thing with those games. Do you know what came into my mind when you were talking? The Barcelona game, the last group game of the Champions League from last week, where we won, or drew, where we won one-one. That's what it felt like, you know. We battered them then. We played them off the park. Really? Like they, they, they played. They didn't play a full team because they knew they were through. But we, we should have scored way earlier than Mora's late goal. Like we dominated. Delhi should have scored a header. Mora almost scored a header and then almost scored a, a long range, well, a sort of wide, long range shot, a bit like Keynes against Arsenal a few years ago. But I was thinking, I've been rewatching some Spurs highlights, trying to get the feeling back. We've been awful in the Champions League. 
awful. Yeah, we've we been have... in it for what four seasons now, three this time, once a few mm. years ago. The first one of this new 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 lot was awful. You know, do you remember? Was it Monaco and Leverkusen, Leverkusen and Moscow? We were dreadful, yeah. like awful, embarrassingly bad. Last year, no, the champ. Yeah, last year, Champions League year, we scraped through. Inter, we should have beaten both games. And PSV, we should have beaten both games. It was just ups and downs. The whole way through that Champions League campaign was ups and downs. Because like you say, we were gone in the group stage. Yeah. Like No one gave us an, a, a chance whatsoever. And we one turned point after three games, wasn't it? It, we lost. it, it was awful. Absolutely. Because didn't the, the Inter Milan away game, we were 1-0 up going yeah. into injury time and lost. Yeah, yeah. Late yeah. goals. And you just think, oh, that was just But sick. then we battered Dortmund. Like properly yeah. shut them out in the first game. Two relatively late goals. Um, we just we just did them, um, and then City. I think I think we did really well against City. We did what we needed to do. We're a bit of a City bogey team, and then obviously Ajax was wherever Ajax is. We have actually got a decent record against City the last couple of seasons. Yeah. Which you think how because they're so good, but tactically that first Champions League leg at home when we beat them one nil. We'd, we'd done them. Like That was yeah. purely, we were set up in a way that stopped them playing. It was amazing to watch how good we were defensively. But then obviously the second leg, you know that Pep isn't going to be stopped in the same manner. So we were all sitting around trying to think, how the hell can we you know, stop them again? We didn't. We just went all out attack. Yeah. We said, you have a shot, we have a shot. And you know what, on the night it worked. But it was an amazing one. But I go back to your point about what's been the worst moment this season. And... It's still for me like, yeah, there were games and that that were bad, but it's still the moment when the when you you know you find out that Pochettino had gone. That was still oh, you the went most there. You I'm went like there. That. You're going to set Javad off. That was just, <laughs> it, was awful. it was absolutely awful. But then I've, on reflection, what's so strange is obviously that happens, and I was I was extremely negative about him, just thinking, what have we done? But and this will set him off even more. But then I don't think I've I've been as excited about an appointment since I've been a Spurs fan because I think back of the appointments that we've made since I've been in charge, and it would have been Jack Santini. These are ones that I can properly remember. Martin Yol, Redknapp. I was buzzing about, but then AVB. I was a little bit like, oh, I don't know. Pochettino. I was like, what kind of appointments this? As I think we all were because he was a relatively unproven manager, and, and so we've got there. That's that's my bar. Miss Sherwood. AVB. I, I, I didn't miss him. <laughs> but then to, for that to be the bar and then to get yeah. somebody that's won everything, that, you know, there's not a competition that he hasn't won. He's won the triple. Do you know what I mean? It's insane what he's achieved. So it's like you go from feeling extremely flat and low and just thinking, where do we turn to now to then that happening? So I'm still positive about it. I still think Jose's going to be the man right. for us. I still think it's going to be a good. It's yeah. going to be a good period when we look back on it, I think. But it will all end in tears because that's how all the Mourinho yeah. reigns end. But I'm fine with that. You know, if we have three years of Mourinho, solid in the league, trophies, you know, that we win, I'll, I'll be delighted with that. Go on, Joe. No, there's no doubt that he's a big name. That that's all of the all of the all of the names that that Jack mentions that preceded Mourinho, including Pochettino. None of them were big big names. Um, and whether we think the appointment of Mourinho was right or wrong, or whether we think the sacking of um, Pochettino was right or wrong, um, what we can definitely say, I think, is Pochettino took the team to a particular level 
raise the profile of the club. I know some of that is off the field stuff with with with, with the stadium, but you know we we got us into a situation where we were qualifying for the Champions League on a consistent basis. Yeah. We got got into a final of the Champions League. Um, we were playing good football, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We had you know, and and such that it made our team and our club a attractive proposition for somebody like Mourinho to to. To say, yeah, I want, I want that job, and I, I know some of it's also circumstance. You know, if he was, uh, if he was still the United manager, or if there was another post that, you know, if, if the Real Madrid position or, or the Portugal position became available, then he wouldn't be there in the market. You know, sometimes you need a bit of luck. The right people need to be available. The vacancies need to be there, etc. But it, you couldn't have, if you go back, I don't know, ten or fifteen years, the the notion of somebody like. Jose Mourinho managing Spurs, it, it would just be you, yeah. you wouldn't consider it. Now it's yeah. Even even other even sort of the up and coming managers who, who were linked with the post um, when there was all the speculation around Pochettino. So the I can't pronounce his name, but the chap at Leipzig. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I don't know his name is, but uh, yeah, him. What he's achieving has been pretty good, and he's been he he's one that's been touted around for a lot of big jobs now. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that I think that's you, you, there, there's Nagels, no disputing man. that. Nagels, Nagels, yeah. yeah. There's no there's no disputing the fact that that we have landed a big big name. So to that extent, I can see why people are excited. I can see you know the fact that he's won a lot of trophies wherever he's been. Um, as I've got fans, a for you, um, Dabad, mm-hmm. would you would you have had a, a positive reaction to to whoever has been appointed? Like, is there a name where you're like, I'd have been really happy with that, or was it? Is it because obviously you were so down with Poch going that no matter who was going to be the next one in, you were always going to be a little bit like, I don't want him. I want I want Pochettino. I think there's always an element of that in life. I think if you, you know, there's there's a bit of a bounce back element. Um, so. I think whoever would have followed, it would have been a difficult act to to replace Pochettino. And you know, for, for somebody like me who 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 was a big Pochettino fan and and feel he should still be there, um, I, I'm not. The thing is, I'm not a huge fan of Mourinho anyway. So that that also yeah. adds to 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 it as well. But if somebody else, I don't know if if if. Throw me a name. I mean, I mean, but this was the thing. The other names that were linked with the job were the likes of Eddie Howe. That was one that was yeah, no, no. which no. would have been a massive step down. So it was. I was just curious to know if it was a case of you, you were so down I, with sacking that, you know, the next person through the door was always going to be someone that you were a bit like, I'm look, not a fan. Let, let, me, let me give you an example of something that, perhaps might have appeased me. So, for example, if um, I'm just going to throw a name out there. Let's just say Michael Dawson, at the end of his career, he decides to go into coaching, right? And he, um, not the best example, but somebody like him or, or I don't know, someone like Ledley or you know, some fan favourite stepped in. I think that would have helped. There was a situation back in about 1993 when Terry Venables, um, who wasn't managing the team at that, at that point, he'd moved up into the boardroom. Um, I think he was chief executive or managing director so he had he had some control in the football side of things but he, he wasn't the person managing the day-to-day affairs anymore of the club and he had this big falling out with with alan sugar and 
and and he left. And there were lots of fans that were protesting outside White Hart Lane, burning their season tickets, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I remember at the time there was a journalist um, who a guy called Mahir Bose, who who's a Spurs fan. Um, I think he writes for the Telegraph. He's previously been a sports journalist at BBC, very well respected. And I remember him saying something like. Um, what Spurs need to do now is get a, a fan's favourite in somebody like a Hoddle or an Ardelius to appease the fans. Both of those managers were available that summer. Hoddle had Hoddle left Swindon, and as it was, he, he took the job at um, Chelsea. And Ardelius was managing West Brom at the time, and he took the Spurs job. Yeah. The Ardelius Reigns manager wasn't particularly su- successful in the end, as it turned out, but he was a sort of fan's favourite that yeah, appeased fans. So I, I think maybe something like that would have softened the blow, perhaps. So you wanted Tim Sherwood back? That's what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tim Sherwood and Jesus dream team. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, so, yeah, but somebody like that. Yeah, but I think that that would have helped. I think something about it for me, the fact that he's an ex-Chelsea, um, it just doesn't rest easy. The whole either. Either Canero, is that her? The, the yeah. first year at Chelsea, that whole episode, all of those things that all of the things that I disliked about Mourinho still are, still still exist. You know, when he was managing other other teams, mainly Chelsea, and now he's managing our team, the team that we support, and I, I, I find that a little bit difficult to reconcile. But it is what it is. Time you know? will tell, I guess, with that. Um, one thing that I did want to bring up is that today marks the one-year anniversary of Justin Edinburgh's passing, which is just, you know, time goes so fast, doesn't it, to think that that's a year ago already. Um, Spurs put out such a great um, tribute to him um, on their Twitter account earlier, which was just a video of a lot of his ex-teammates, just, you know, short clips about them talking about what a great player and great man he was. So thoughts, obviously, to his family today. But a year on, it's just... Still so shocking to think that that happened, that, you know, days before he was out there with all the legends in Madrid watching us, you know, in such a massive game. And then fast forward 48 hours, he's no longer with us. It's just absolutely awful. There's just some players that transcend the sport inside of it, aren't there? There's there's some players that have got decent PR um, and then there's some players who are just good people and that might be just a reporting thing or whatever but he was certainly one of those he's up there with the you know the one that gets me always is Gary Speeds you know obviously he was the Welsh national manager and he just no one had a bad word to say about him same with Bobby Robson um it it, it, it it's just sad he was part of our community and I think that's what we need to remember is that what makes this club our club is the people that were involved in it and what they represent and that that's what I hear a lot from you, Jav, where you're talking about what does Mourinho represent for our club? You know, when you say things like, I'm not sure, you know, I hated him at one point or I didn't like him, then you go, my my immediate reaction is, you know, but if I hated him when he wasn't with us, but now he's with us, do you like him even more? It's the, it's the argument of, you know, Costa. We hate Costa, Diego Costa, mm. but if he was on our team, would we love him? Would we love that behaviour? You know, we've got Delhi. A lot of people see Delhi as yeah. that sort of behaviour. Um and I'm not sure that that's what our club represents, the win-at-all-costs mentality. We've got many quotes about this club, about, you know, not waiting for them to die of boredom and that sort of stuff. I just don't think we're a win-at-all-club, win-at-all-costs club. And that's why Pochettino was such a big influence and a big emotional part of Spurs, because he embodied everything that we were, like that exuberance, playing with flair, playing with passion. Um, 
my 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 thing with it, I would love him still be here, but with the support of the board, with with a with a war chest, and we, he just wasn't going to be given it. Mm-hmm. And so the last thing I'd want to see is him just sort of damp squib it and just sort of fail and not get into the Champions League and then we drop down the league and every, all the players leave and because he obviously had his hands tied that's the thing he obviously had his hands tied and Mourinho is just a safer option for the board and we've and that's it but that's um, that's not what we're talking about FA Cup I was sort of thinking about the FA Cup because do you remember the was it the 4-2 against Chelsea the semi-final where we lost yeah. Awful for us, right? I think I went to that. In fact, I'm pretty sure I went to that. Delhi, Delhi's goal in that. Ericsson's pass oh, to Delhi yeah. is one of the best passes ever. Kane's pass to Delhi in the 2 0, is it away win in the Carabao Cup last season? That's my favourite goal of recent seasons. That I can't stop watching that. Um, Audacity, isn't it? It's just dink. Oh, as well. it's Kane taking a ball in the centre of the park with a player around him from the goalkeeper. from... Uh, Gazaniga, like chesting it down, one look up and sort of curving it around, long ball. That's one of my favourite goals, and that that is Delhi. There's a lot of people who don't like Delhi, who don't want Delhi, don't get him. I love him. I love that boy. A few things for me on Delhi. So that the, the goal against Chelsea in the FA Cup that you spoke about, that was one of those moments for me where I knew that I knew it was in before it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they're such incredible moments as a fan. But I was in the second row. Um, at Wembley for that game um, on the side. So basically where the players warm up, that was where I was sat. So it was a horrific seat. I paid about 80 quid for it. It was terrible yeah. to see a thing. When Kane scored in the first half to equalise, I had no idea it was in. It was just the fans going mad. That was how I knew. But that Delhi goal, I had the perfect view of it because oh. I just saw him make the run between the centre-half and then Ericsson picked the ball up and you think, he's in, he's in, he's in. Yeah. And then the cross comes in and he finishes it. It was just amazing. But... Yeah, look back on that game again with some brilliant memories, but then also some, you know, you just think we didn't get through it. It's such a shame. Jav, what are you doing? Sorry, I'm just adjusting some stuff which are about to fall. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I was trying to do it, do it quietly and subtly, but um, yeah. Oh man! Do you know, we talked about the Premier League starting last season, uh, last week as well, and I, I'm not really bothered about this season. I, th- I do. I think it's it's shameful that they stopped the women's Premier League um, and did it on a points per game, and they didn't do that for the Premier League this season. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know that Liverpool are going to win it, and if we get in the top from us, but it doesn't feel like a real season. Yeah, like, it, it feels just wrong. Like I, do, it, I, I don't. If it was us at the top of the table and we would won it for the first time, I genuinely think there'd be a little bit of, does this really count? Yeah. I really do feel that. And like, imagine Spurs winning the league and not one, not being at the game where we won it, or two, not being in Tottenham to celebrate it with everybody. I yeah. think that's the, thing. that's the biggest thing. You know, if you couldn't go to the game, you'd still go down there, wouldn't you? And have a, a street party from Seven Sisters to the ground. It would be amazing. And to... To not have any of that, yeah. you would definitely be thinking we need to win it again so it's a proper a proper title. So it, it's very, very strange. And I just don't I don't know what it's going to be like when it comes back. I think it will either be there's going to be football on every single day and I'll either get completely swept up in it and it will literally take over my life again or I'll go the complete other way and... I won't really care in it. In my mind, it won't really count this season. So I'm, I'm excited to see I'm what happens. excited to see individual players. I'm really excited to see Lacelso and Bergvine. That's it. 
Bergwijn, I haven't. Bergwijn, yeah. I can't wait just to see him just run at people like that. We haven't seen much from him, but what we have seen is just exciting. And Lo Celso is, is like Dembele with a bit more. And I just, I love him. I think he's so smart. He might be my new, like I, I do latch on to a midfielder and he's he might be my new boy. Lo Celso, and he's nowhere near in the same bracket as the player I'm about to compare him to, but you see similar. <laughs> he's definitely not in Sandro's bracket. <laughs> Sandro's in my bracket, to be honest. All right. So reminds me of David Silva. You know the way he takes wow. the ball when he glides and everything's too touch and it's he's not the quickest, but yet when he's dribbling with the ball, nobody can seem to take it from him. That's mm. the that's the kind of player that I see when I look at the cell. So, you know, if he goes on to be half the player that David Silva has been, amazing what a buy that's been. Yeah. I think it's going to be very odd watching. So the the, the the fact that there's going to be what some days there might be four live games, and I think we're talking something like four every almost five days out of the, out of each seven that, that comes by. I think I think it's like two or three two or three consecutive days of football. Maybe one day where there won't be any, and then another two or three sort of matches. It's going to be a bit akin to like the Euros or the World Cup, and you've yeah. got live games three or four sometimes on a day um but I, I think the standard of football is not going to be great because it's going to it's just going to feel like a pre-season yeah and it, there's no crowd um i'm strangely i'm looking forward to listening to pundits speak about football as opposed to trying to speak about something which is i, I don't doubt isn't important and need, needs to be discussed but i think they were talking quite more than they should have about project restart and it was just getting yeah it was a little bit oh we need to fill some time and you know it, it, I, i'd much rather them talk about a game of football and analyze that and, I'm, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that aspect of it i don't think the football itself will be i don't know i don't I don't think it's going to be enjoyable. It's going to be odd. It'll be clinical, won't it? It'll be very stuffy. It'll be very, like, you know when you it's like you're watching Eurosport and you find the Swiss second division, like no one's there, you can hear them shouting, and it, even if the quality's super high, it, it won't feel like the quality's high. But I so. think that comparison to it being like a World Cup or Euros is bang on. And if you think about major tournaments... You very rarely get an absolutely amazing, like fast-paced end-to-end game because there's so many games pulled up, and like mm. teams are normally when you get to sort of the quarterfinals, teams are shattered because they've already played so much football and barely had any rest. So I do think that we're going to get a lot of low-scoring games and games that are going to be massively reliant on set plays, just because the amount of football that there's going to be. And I know they're bringing the five subs in, but I don't think that that's going to make a huge difference. Um, because there's going to be so many injuries that happen. You're going to end up with subs benches with academy players on because players inevitably are going to get injured because you're coming off of a mini pre-season and going into a routine of games that is like none of them have ever experienced before. I'm concerned about that about that five five sub thing and the fact that it might create a da- dangerous precedent. So I understand why they, why they, they're doing it now. And if it's just now for these nine games as a one-off under these strange circumstances that we find ourselves in, fine, I'm, I'm okay with that. But if it sets a precedent, you know, and then uh, at some point the clubs vote for it and say, yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what we want to do going forward, have five substitutions, I think that would destroy football completely. That would be, be like Sunday league roll on, roll off. Like it, it, you know, it would feel like that, that constantly there's just a new player coming on. 
like or like international friendlies or like pre-season friendlies when suddenly you get a new team pitch up at half time in the second half um have either of you watched any of the bundesliga games i've watched a, a few um i've struggled to get into it but i don't think that's because there's no fans there i just think that the bundesliga is not that not very exciting league and it's like they they got the sides at the top that are obviously great, but mm. there was a game on at the weekend that I watched, which was Schalke were playing somebody, and it was one all, and it was horrific. I watched about half an hour of it, and it was just it was just really boring. And I don't think that that has anything to do with there's no support or that. I just I don't think the football there's particularly great. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't get get into it, and and I don't know whether that that's because I don't have a much interest in German football or whether it was um, the fact there was no crowd noise and it felt weird but yeah it didn't because well, that, that's my concern in the Premier League when you don't have a, an any kind of interest in a game I think it's always a bit naff like normally if there's a, a you know a Champions League game or something like that, there's normally a side that you've got a little bit of interest in if it's not an English side plan like I'm talking if it's Juventus against Barcelona or something like that you're watching it and you're like well, I'm going to watch the best players and know it's going to be a high-quality game. There's going to be stuff happening. But when you're just watching a mid-table Bundesliga clash, it's like it's not quite got the same. It's not quite got the same spark that other games that maybe you'd watch that aren't Premier League um, games are. So I'm just uh, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. I guess regardless of what does happen with the football, um, the results all of that, I am really looking forward to seeing Spurs again and and sitting down and watching us play and having that part of my weeks back because you know it's, I've not lost a huge amount because we've been doing this podcast and there's been so many retro games and everything that's been going on but to have some current games to talk about I, I definitely feel like I'm at that point now where I need that and we've sort of exhausted all the discussions that you could ever have about you know what's gone on in the past it's like we need something current and something new so I'm looking forward to that and that means next week's podcast we get to preview Man United at home, which has got you know such great history, and is not a bad one for us to kick off with. Yeah, yeah. So that's something to look for us to look forward to next week is the preview of that Man United game. Yeah, that'll be uh, good. Do you have either of you have anything else you want to add? Nope. No. Nope. Nope. Well, oh, great as always to chat to you. Um, if you don't listen to Javad's podcast, Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast, do subscribe to that and, and give that a listen. Um, ASD, pleasure as always. Yeah, you too, man. And remember, whatever happens, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realised until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. 
We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.